Hey everyone, happy Monday. You may have guessed from the title of the episode that I'll be answering a couple of questions today. I really enjoyed thinking about these. If you know me at all, you know I love a good question. And if I'm being totally honest, I recorded and re-recorded myself trying to answer them over and over and over again. And I learned a lot in the process. I hope you'll learn as much from the questions as I did. And if my answers can lend a little bit to the conversation, great. Now, if you have any questions about your practice, about this or any other episode, or just an idea you want to share for the podcast, you can go to findmovement.com slash podcast, scroll to the orange button, and join the conversation. Hi, Jeremy. I really wanted to hear your thoughts about training until failure because I started strength training and focusing on strength about two years ago and was really into the training till failure paradigm and felt like really accomplished at the end of sessions and like I put my all into it and worked really hard. And I've had a few injuries in the past two years and one of them was a bad stress injury And now I'm just more wary of it. And I don't strength train so much anymore, but I do climb. And I feel like I've spoken to a lot of people where they're like, yeah, when I'm like at the end of this session and like falling off the wall a little bit, I just train as many like overhanging things and get as pumped as possible or like working through a pump when it feels like your body's kind of done. And I wonder if training till failure is if it's possible to like maintain good form or if it's just kind of ignoring your body when it's telling you that it's done. So very curious to hear your thoughts about it. This is a great question. Thank you for sharing it with us. Cheers to you for getting into two of my favorite things, strength work and climbing. And I'm sorry there have been some bumps along the way. I'm going to follow your lead and separate strength training from a skill-based thing like climbing, because I think that'll be helpful. So I think examples will be helpful here. I'll try to be as concrete as possible. Let's say you're trying to build upper body strength by doing push-ups. If you work as hard as possible, you go all the way to failure, you can do 12 push-ups. Good job. If you try to do a 13th, you can't do it. You're at failure. You're at your max. So one strategy would be Do all 12 out of 12. That would be training to failure. You know that will be an effective set. You will not have gone too light, right? If you only do two reps, you might not build strength, but 12 will definitely get you there. The downside of this strategy is it also is exhausting. So a set of 8 to 10 is effective. It'll elicit a strength response, but it won't build as much fatigue. So that means, A, you can do more quality sets like that. You could do a few more sets of push-ups in the same workout. And B, if you keep doing those sets, you can recover and do another productive workout a couple days later. Whereas if you're always going to failure, it can be really hard to keep that up. So in general, my recommendation is leave a few reps in the tank. Go close enough to failure, but not all the way there. The exception to this Well, one is if you just really enjoy going to failure, if it feels really good, I'm not here to stop you. You should work out the way that you enjoy. But the second piece is even if you kind of 
go by this strategy that I, I use in my training of going a little bit short of failure, it can be really helpful every once in a while to test your max. Because let's say I'm doing those sets of 8 to 10, I think my max is 12, but maybe after a few months I'm wrong. So just checking in and doing a max set of push-ups, boom, what if I see I can do 15 now? Awesome. But that means those sets of 8 to 10 might not be quite as effective. So I might bump up my number a bit after testing every once in a while. Now over on the skill side, the general recommendation would be practice when you're fresh. Earlier in a session, compared to later when your forearms are pumped and you're falling off the wall, you're just a better learner when you're fresher. When you're falling and trying to claw at another thing, right? you have to put in more energy to get the same amount of learning out. So it's just not as good a strategy to be practicing near failure if your goal is to make progress. Now you might say, well, what about practicing for when I'm tired? Right? Don't I want to expose myself to being tired so that I get better when I'm tired? And the short answer is yes, the long answer is no, but I'm going to use a juggling example instead to make it clear. So yes, if you can juggle three balls and you go out and do a million bicep curls and go climbing and do a bunch of wrist exercises and you're super tired, it will be harder to juggle three balls. So if you want to get good in that situation, you could say, well, I'm going to go get myself really tired and then practice juggling. And that's true to an extent. If you've never felt that way before, you won't perform as well as if you've practiced it a little bit, like if you have gotten really pumped in your forearms and tried to juggle. But a better strategy is just getting better at juggling. So instead of getting really tired and then practicing three balls, you could just practice when you're fresh and get to the point where you can do four balls. Now, if you go climb and do your curls and wrist exercises, when you try to practice three balls, it'll just be easier because you've gotten better. You've made your pie bigger. So going back to this term learning, right? The goal should be to learn over time. So practicing earlier in a session, not near failure, is a good strategy for learning, and over time, the performance will come. Hi, Jeremy. I hope that you can help me with a dilemma that I now face. I call it the Willy Wonka dilemma. You know, in the story, visitors to Willy's famed chocolate factory often became overwhelmed with the sheer number of delicious treats that were contained. So since everything looked appealing and they only had a limited amount of time to explore, they sampled everything. My curiosity with the possibilities contained within movement spaces like gyms, studio rooms, or the great outdoors creates a dilemma about how to best spend my time. Much like the sweetened factory visitors, I want it all. So my question then comes out of a podcast discussion that you recently had with the master chocolatier, John Yuen. How do you bring an intentional focus to the movement choices that you make? Happy climbing. What a beautiful question, a beautiful way to see movement. You're standing in a chocolate factory, surrounded by opportunities to move. And in fact, so many good opportunities that it's hard to know where to go. You want to taste every delicious piece of chocolate, and you can't taste them all. What a privilege to feel this way about movement, and my wish for everyone listening is that you have either already felt like this, or you will at some point. So as for how I actually deal with this supposed problem. First of all, I guess I 
get on a podcast and talk about how grateful I am to have this problem. But second, I think it's useful to distinguish between the experience itself and what you get out of it. So we often bring the two together, and I think too closely together. But if you think about, let's say, strength training already came up. Do you enjoy strength training? How does it feel for you? What kind of mindset do you bring into it? What are you thinking about while doing it? These are separate questions from, hey, what kind of hypertrophy stimulus are you creating? Are your muscles getting bigger? Are you getting more able to produce force and lift heavy things? They're separate, right? They happen at separate times. Uh, Climbing, as our other example, for me, when I started climbing, I had an amazing experience. I had so much fun. You would not have been able to convince me that I wasn't having a great time. And I can think of all kinds of benefits. So my reaction was like, wow, it's a win-win. It hits on both of these things that I look for. How much room can I make for it in my life? Can I do fewer handstands, spend less time stretching, do fewer sets of strength? How can I make more room? And then on the upper limit, it's like, well, how much room can I really make for it? How can I how much work can I handle? If I climb every day, it'll probably turn from fun to miserable at some point, right? So I don't have a recipe you can follow. I don't have the answer or a framework for how to decide what to do with your body. But I do think that's a really useful starting point, distinguishing between an honest portrayal of how you experience the thing and what you think and theorize you're getting out of it. I hope that helps. That's all I've got for today. Again, if you have questions for a future episode or want to share anything to contribute to the podcast, you can go to the website, findmovement.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm.